So find a posture you can sustain for about 40 minutes. doesn't matter if you're sitting on the chair or if you're sitting on a mat on the floor, but what matters is that the back is straight, so the air can flow in and out easily. And if you sit on a chair, I, I recommend that you try not to lean against the back of the chair too much, so you don't get too relaxed. Because meditation is, is a balance between relaxation and uh, energy or effort. So it's not about, you know, becoming extremely peaceful or stopping thinking or anything like that. It's not about uh, anything else but noticing um, self arising and you know, seeing through that process, having insight in the process of self-arising and eventually cutting it off at the root. And sometimes we are peaceful and sometimes we are not peaceful. That's just a side issue, really. But the posture can definitely help us to... Um, the stability of the posture supports the mind settling down. And if the mind settles down reasonably, it's easier for us to see what's going on in the mind. Like, for example, you know, a surface of a lake, if the wind blows over it, we can't see to the bottom of the lake, and also we can't see the reflections of the landscape around the lake. But as soon as the surface of the lake is clear and calm, we can see what's in the lake, and we can also see the reflections of the mountains and trees around the lake. But still we don't force the mind to settle down and be peaceful because that doesn't really work anyway. It just adds to the turbulence. So we find a posture which enables us to receive whatever is happening in the body and in the mind and bringing some energy into the posture, especially after the meal. If you're feeling a bit tired or drowsy, open your eyes. And just expressing in your posture your willingness to be here fully in the present moment, receiving whatever is happening. Just pay some attention to your back. Is the back straight? Just bring a little bit of energy into the back, just slightly lifting up from the bottom of the spine. Like some people say, you know, like if you would be like a puppet on a string hanging from a string from the middle of your head, just that kind of a, a bit of a stretch through the whole spine. And then becoming aware of the area of the shoulders. We often tend to hold a lot of tension there. Just becoming aware of it is enough. And then the chest area, just the chest should be open and not hunched forward. Just open to, in order to receive whatever impacts us. 
That's a very sensitive area here. We often tend to kind of, you know, cave in and somehow unconsciously even protect that area because it's so sensitive. That's where we meet other people also. We can sense. And then we bring our attention to the area around the jaw, the mouth. There can be always a lot of tension. Just becoming aware of how it feels is enough. Don't have to do anything in particular. Just, you know, not clenching the teeth, just slightly opening the jaw and the tongue is on the roof of the mouth. The area around the eyes, and the forehead, how does it feel there? And then just taking the whole frame of the body into your mind, sitting, breathing in and breathing out. Very simple. Body, breathing in and out. You most likely feel a difference to how you felt before the meal. There's now this fullness there. The body is busily digesting. So if you feel a bit drowsy, open your eyes. That's a, that's the time you know. To really, <coughs> probably work a little bit with slot and top or one of the five hindrances. Just remembering meditation is not just about relaxing, it's about presence. Otherwise all dogs, uh, dogs and cats might be already enlightened if it's just about that. They're relaxing a lot of the time. Especially here in California they have a especially good life I have seen. <laughs> so they're not enlightened because they don't have a mindfulness that's even they are very relaxed. So just being with the body breathing. <coughs> and then what Arjun Mehta was speaking about in when she gave the guided meditation just the sense of self-arising. And I would just say, you know, maybe now for that sitting we can work with us with the can call it a koan or just a mantra sentence. <coughs> just dropping the question, who am I? into that space of the mind. And just following the eye, following that question into the silence. This is the answer. The answer is not, you know, a sentence, but if you ask that question, what, just listen, what comes back to you? That's the answer. Just following the question, disappearing into the silence, into the spaciousness, or voidness, awareness, 
emptiness. There's so many different names for that, for the true nature, for what we really are, for our self with a big S, a capital S, you say in English. Just sitting and then dropping that question into the spaciousness. Who am I? And just staying then with the answer, which is this limitless space the silence, which doesn't end at the walls of this room, but goes on and on and on, limitless, as big as the universe, which is still expanding. You know, from the Big Bang 14 billion years ago, it's still expanding. And that's the answer to the question. just familiarizing yourself with the mystery of that which cannot be named, really. We can only hint at it with words by calling it, for example, pure awareness or beingness. Emptiness. just staying with the recognition of that emptiness. And if you notice that your mind just picks up a thought or anything contracting around any object that is arising, as soon as you notice it, just come back to the silence by again dropping the question into the space, who am I? And then the mind again, you know, opens up and is just like puzzled and blank because there's nothing to say about this. It's just what it is. It cannot be named. It can only be experienced individually. And I see a few people nodding, open your eyes, don't waste your time. Can become a very strong habit which you need years then to decondition yourself again. So don't uh, get into it even in the first place.
Who am I? Recognizing awareness that which is always here and always will be. And it's just a matter of recognizing it. And then staying with the recognition. It's like, uh, you know, pulling away the curtains in front of the window and then just looking out into limitless space. <coughs> Every time, you know, when you ask that question and then follow that question into the silence, it's that effect. And then again, the curtains close, the mind again contracts around a concept about past, future, hope and fear, that is when ego, when the self arises again. And then as soon as you notice it, you again drop the question, who am I? And the curtain opens again. And then, depending on how long it stays, again the mind grasps any old story, hope and fear, self arising again. The curtain closes again. We are not in touch with reality, but we are just stuck on a concept about it. And being a self with a small s is just one concept about amongst many. And just becoming familiar with that uh, rhythm and with the possibility that whenever you choose to let go and connect with the silence and with the spaciousness, with awareness, that's a moment of uh, non-grasping and that's a taste of Nibbana. It's not such an, an outlandish kind of a realization. You can have a taste of it. It is possible to just any moment, if the mind doesn't hold on to a concept, that's a taste as short as it might be. It's just pulling the curtains apart and looking into limitless awareness. Seeing it. And I don't mean seeing it with your physical eyes, but seeing it with your being, I would say. There's all words, you know, we use to point at it. It's very difficult to describe it, but you can experience it by being it, by just non-grasping for one moment. Ajahn Chakhold, you know, when he was asked to describe what is the experience, what is Nibbana, he would say, Nibbana is the reality of non-grasping, very simple. For a moment, very simple, but difficult to sustain over a long time. 
but it's fast, like you know, collecting beats on a string, just one moment and the next moment. And what we have to try is to those moments in between where we do grasp, where we do, where we are stuck on past, future, hope and fears, to make those moments, those times in between, shorter. That's all. What the practice is about. It sounds pretty simple, but it's not, not easy to do, as you will have also probably recognized. But it can be done. And today we have an opportunity to do it in a formal way. And it can also be done anytime, whatever you do in daily life, as soon as you're becoming aware of what you're doing. That's a moment like that. Letting go of identification with self. Who am I? And not trying, you know, don't even try to figure it out with the thinking mind. Because there's no answer which can be, you know, formulated, which is really kind of setting you at rest. Because there's always something else, not quite, you don't quite understand, or which doesn't make sense. It's not, it's not possible to answer it with the thinking mind. Because the answer lies beyond the thinking mind. The answer cannot be given in a dualistic realm of language. We can hint at it, like you know, finger pointing at the moon, but then if you don't look at the moon, you won't see it. Same here, you know, like the question, who am I, is a pointer. And it's in language, it's, it's dualistic. It's just, you know, kicking the mind, just opening the curtain, and then after who am I, when you keep on listening, the answer is beyond language. The answer is just that, suchness. It's, you know, it's kind of amazing that there's so millions of uh, words have been spoken about that and books have been written about it. It's so extremely simple, but it's so uh, one can make such amazing philosophies about it, and uh, people have tried all kinds of, you know, methods of uh, communicating that. And I think this this very simple question, "Who am I?" is, is actually very um, helpful. So it's it's nothing, you know which we need to study a lot for that. 
it's just you know the humility actually and the willingness to just be with that simple answer and then feeling you know the habitual contractions again starting to stir because somehow we can't stay for long with that answer we just want to you know be something be somebody because we are so it feels so familiar and that's when when the self is arising you know if you're sitting in that open spaciousness and then you start kind of like a certain amount of restlessness comes in and the mind wants to just hold something and then uh, contractions again arises around that object and this is what we okay we are back we, we have found you know our ordinary everyday self with a small s again that's what we are used to you know that contraction that's what we are used to but that's actually not our true nature because what we really are is that open spaciousness which we can connect with when we ask the question who am i but we are just not used to it we have been you know falling out of it so many times by identifying with our past with our thoughts with our feelings with our hopes with our fears anything will do it just seems to be so uh foreign you know to be in that openness in that spaciousness to really be in reality fully and just know that we have nothing you know there's nothing we have to do to change that but to just to notice it that's enough because the practice is all about as such a meta also said before it's about cultivating you know mindfulness of being able to be with what's arising in the present moment and then that in in itself <coughs> is an agent for change the mindfulness the awareness itself we don't have to to push our <coughs> minds you know to be anything different from what they are but also not fooling ourselves you know just taking it in however you know mediocre our minds might be you know our egos always like you know <coughs> thinking about the same old stories you know since 30 40 50 years just becoming aware that is enough and when we asked that question who am i you know dropping into the awareness in the spaciousness and then just resting there and then seeing what's happening what comes up to pull us back into contraction what comes up to pull us back into uh, personality what pulls us back into the self and we when we notice it just again asking the question who am i and letting go again resting until again contraction arises just coming and going just like in breath and out breath just becoming aware of that
that for that we need to cultivate mindfulness to be able to sustain the application and you know, to really be aware when the contraction has again arisen and the willingness to again let go into the spaciousness. It's just about that. And everything else will just follow because through that process, you know, we weaken the habitual tendencies of the mind. And then, you know, those uh, times when we rest in the open awareness, they will become, you know, slowly, slowly, we become a bit longer, a bit longer. So if you're sitting in awareness after you have asked a question and you feel, you know, after maybe a few seconds or however long you feel the stirrings again of just that habitually there's that, that um, urge to contract again around something in order to be something, make some kind of boundaries. It just seems to be such an un... Um, chartered territory for us to rest in that open awareness. There's this kind of thinking, oh, if I always rest in open awareness, I'm not gonna be able to take care of whatever, you know, something. Doesn't matter anything we'll do in that moment. The mind just needs some story and just observe, you know, what, what are your favorite stories? What are your favorite hopes and fears? It can be quite fun, actually. I definitely know mine. <laughs> I won't tell you, though. <laughs> Depends, this is then your character. Are you a greed type? Are you at last kind of a type? Are you kind of rather like to, you know, around hatred or whatever is your preferred mode of uh, being somebody? Your neurosis, basically. And there is nothing wrong with that. This is just how it is, you know, being born as a human being in this realm, we all have some something like that, otherwise we wouldn't be here, so nothing wrong about it, but it can be quite funny actually. So that's, you know, the self arising. It's, it's an experience in the body and in the mind.
And if we become sensitive enough, we can, we can feel this is a whole energetic um, experience. First, it maybe starts in the mind that the mind becomes a bit restless, is looking for something, and then the body starts to contract, and then it's becoming more and more unpleasant, and then, okay, I'm going to think now about this. The next best thing we'll do. And off you go, you're already in it. And then there's a short kind of a relief because, ah, oh, something. But then again, oh, it gets very quickly boring because there's nothing really to worry about at the moment because, you know, it's just 10 past 1 and we're still here till 5. So immediately you most likely don't have to do anything. So again, it's, there's no real relief with whatever you have picked up. So then you ask the question again, who am I? Go back into the awareness and the spaciousness. And by then you might be already a bit familiar now with the pattern, you know, that again the mind becomes a bit restless and wants something. And just then stay with that unpleasant feeling as long as you as you can. And don't immediately contract about anything. Just stay with it. It's okay to not be anybody for a bit. Resting in awareness. This is like it's the same as instead of you know um, identifying yourselves with the reflections in a mirror, you are the mirror itself. Awareness or spaciousness. We can experience that by listening. Not with your physical ears, but just like the attitude of, of listening, opening to that. 
and it's also it's a, it's a visceral experience as well, uh, a slight vibration. Maybe you can, some of you can uh, sense that. That emptiness, spaciousness, it's not uh, a lack of anything. It is, it is a fullness of potential and we can sense it in a vibration. That's the answer to our question, who am I? Who am I? So whenever you notice your mind contracts around the story, past, future, hope, fear, as soon as you notice it, just come back and come back to the spaciousness, to the silence. And you can, as a skillful means, you just drop in the question again, who am I? And just following that. until you catch it again next time, you contract and again following in the silence. And through that repetition of the question, 
the habits of the mind will be, you know, kind of washed out slowly, slowly, like a stained cloth. Every wash, it, the stain become a bit less. Perseverance. The Buddha said it's the most, uh, you know, important ingredient for the holy life is patient endurance. It's not a flamboyant quality, but a very kind of st very steadiness and uh, application and just staying with it. Not, not giving up. That's what will bear good fruit. That we slowly, you know, the walls in the mind are coming down more and more. And there's increasingly more space in your lives. Less judgment about yourself and others. Just keep going and tapping into that vastness, which is also pure intelligence. It's also that which knows, or as Ajahn Chah was calling it, the founder of our lineage is calling it the one who knows. Awareness. you intelligent and then you know appropriate action is arising spontaneously out of that uh, awareness you don't have to think about it the appropriate action arises because that awareness is a vast potential of wisdom Whereas the thinking mind is very limited and utterly and completely conditioned by past experience. So if we constantly come from that, we tend to repeat the same things all over again and again. So instead of you know, fretting about hopes and fears by thinking about it again and again. We just come back to the spaciousness and allow the right response to arise out of that. Like, you know, nobody, the orange tree doesn't have to think about how to grow oranges, just happening. Same enough for the body. It's not that different from a tree, really. Same, you know, four elements, five elements. Of course, a different, you know, composition. But nevertheless, the body does know.
just trusting that. And when it is appropriate to use the thinking mind, you know, which sometimes is appropriate, then of course we use it and coming back to spaciousness after that. Instead of being constantly caught in it. By doing these these practices, we we kind of empower ourselves to have more choice, you know. When we want to think, and it's useful, and when it just becomes like a habit. Just know the difference. We familiarize ourselves with, with this restlessness which arises if we are in uncharted territory and then quickly wanting to come back to whatever thought just to not have this unpleasant feeling, this feeling of not knowing. It's okay to not know. You can just stay with that, not knowing what it is. It's just that. And whenever you know you want that answer, you just ask the question, who am I? Taking the answer. And becoming more and more familiar with the answer. Making that your refuge. Even in the beginning it might sound a bit strange. But I trust that I've heard it from my teachers and they've heard it from their teachers. So you can take a risk by just following this very ancient teaching and trusting it will work for you too. Who am I? <laughs> 